In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies, it is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the Democrats are trying to take out President Trump through impeachment. Will they succeed? And here's the, the reason why I'm suggesting that as ridiculous as this is, as hollow of these charges are against Donald Trump, the fact that it's going forward indicates there's a conspiracy to take down the president. This podcast is brought to you by Paranormal Contractors. If you have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, this is no time to be dealing with amateurs. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They utilize the latest scientific technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call them at this new number, 631 652-5835, 631-552-5835. That's 631-552-5835. Email paranormalcontractors at gmail.com and tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. 
Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. The editor, publisher of World Affairs Brief is standing by to talk impeachment, Trump, the Kurdish rebels in northern Syria, and more. Just a reminder that I'll be hosting David John Oates, the discoverer of reverse speech, when he comes to Toronto on Saturday, October 26th, at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue. And that's just steps from the Donlins subway stop. Again, this is a free event. Join Christian Dicadieu, the co-host of Reverse Speech Radio, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., He'll be conducting a reverse speech workshop, and then from 2 to 4 p.m., David John Oates takes the stage to present amazing and revealing reversals from politicians, celebrities, historical figures, notorious criminals, and serial killers. Again, a free event, Saturday, October 26th, workshop 11 to 1, and then David John Oates, 2 to 4 p.m., Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto. The House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the most powerful Democrat in Congress, announced back on September 24th an impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump. The proceedings have developed with a swiftness and complexity that that leave many of us feeling dazed. In a July 2019 phone call, Trump asked Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to mount an investigation of his potential rival for the White House in the 2020 election, Joe Biden, and his son Hunter Biden, and also to investigate claims that Ukraine, instead of Russia, was behind foreign tampering in the 2016 election. Joel Skousen is the publisher of World Affairs Brief, a weekly news analysis service found at worldaffairsbrief.com. Joel is a political scientist by training and speaks multiple foreign languages, which he uses in accessing information here and abroad. He specializes in helping readers understand the hidden agenda of those that secretly control both political parties and the U.S. government. Joel Skousen, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm just fine. Uh, It's so good to be with you, Richard. Some are calling it the phone call that could get Trump impeached. If I could get you to walk us through what is being discussed here we have this whistleblower report the president's conversation with the president of uh, ukraine zelensky and whether or not there was uh, a quid pro quo you investigate biden or you won't get aid walk us through your understanding of what happened in that phone call well it's interesting that um, you know we have the, the transcript of the phone call and Let me just talk about the transcript, because there was a note in the transcript saying that this is not a verbatim transcript, and that this is just memos from those, you know, a whole bevy of people were in the White House situation, listening to all the Trump's phone calls with foreign leaders. And that's just bogus. Um, They have tape recordings of everything. Uh, This whole thing about taking notes and memos, this is far too clear. And if they were taking notes, they would have said, President Trump responded this way, and, and uh, Zelensky responded like this. After, you know, this is verbatim conversation. And it was done because, I mean, whoever put out, I mean, the, the White House is full of deep state individuals. And uh, the mere fact that this so-called uh, CIA whistleblower didn't have any firsthand knowledge of anything in this, he was quoting dozens of White House 
informants informing him. So it's not that the FBI, for example, the CIA had one informant in there. They've got dozens. And by the sheer quantity of what he mentions in his hearsay testimony, it's also interesting that the CIA, uh, two days before this came out, reversed their policy against hearsay. In other words, it used to be that they wouldn't investigate anything that was hearsay. You had to have first-hand information for the CIA to investigate a whistleblower complaint. And they changed that policy specifically for this. All of this is proof that this is a deep state issue over Trump. Now, did Trump um, ask uh, uh, Volodymyr um, Zelensky Zelensky to to investigate Biden? Of course he did, because he was, in fact— uh, I mean, it was a tremendous amount of corruption. I mean, Biden has even admitted before a CFR audience and bragged about how he withheld a uh, billion dollars of aid. And he said, um, Poroshenko, the president at the time, said, you're not the president. You can't withhold it. He says, I'm leaving in six hours, and you just watch it. Unless that guy is fired, within it, you're not getting that billion dollars. In other words, I've got power, he was saying. I mean, this was ruthless misuse of power and of course the democrats in their hypocrisy aren't saying anything uh, about uh, biden and of course what i really think happened is part of that age package deal was you get uh, i want three million dollars to be funneled of that aid package back to my son hunter well how do we do that well put him on the board of somebody and so they put him on the board of uh, burisma who's a globalist organization has um uh, contributed to the Atlantic Council and other globalist organizations. And so I think that's what that's the big thing that Trump wanted to investigate, and that's a legitimate thing for the president to ask when he's giving aid to a country that has a history of corruption. And I might say as background, all of the presidents up until Zelensky have been communists, false, or falsely uh, claiming that they're anti-communists. Yulia Timoshenko, was uh, wedded to uh, Putin and, and calling him all the time. Poroshenko was uh, wedded. They campaigned as if they were anti-Putin and anti-Russia. But Poroshenko's, all his best friends are Russian oligarchs. And um, they, they, they have just been faking the demise. I, I, you know, in the World Affairs Brief, I put out all the evidence years ago that the fall of the Soviet Union was a carefully crafted deception. And one of the proofs of that it's not only that the KGB stood down and let all this happen, and everybody was wondering, where's the KGB? They usually arrest us, you know, when we're protesting. They stood down because they were ordered to stand by down by the Communist Party. But in every one of the countries, East Germany, uh, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, Poland, none of the communist cadres in all the bureaucratic positions were fired. They kept their jobs. And they continue to take bribes, they continue to take kickbacks, and that's the same kind of corruption that's going on in Ukraine right. and Belarus right. and every other country. And so a real, true anti-communist would have fired these cadres, you know, and, 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 and cleansed the system. I, it's tough. It's their own version of the deep state. Well, so, we, so the, the charge here is that Trump was soliciting interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election because Joe Biden is running for president. He's running for the nomination of the Democrats. Uh, and yet, we had recently, uh, I believe it was in 2018, a Ukrainian court ruling that uh, there was a Ukrainian agency that interfered in the U.S. 2016 election. So there is proof that the end, 
that that they were involved with uh, they were doing so at the behest of the Democratic uh, Party. So we have proof of the Democrats using the Ukrainians to interfere in the 2016 election, and yet you're, they're charging Trump for soliciting interference from a foreign country in the 2020 uh, U.S. election. In the first place, it's not interference in election to solicit true uh, knowledge about crimes and corruption of someone who's running for president. It's not a crime to do that, and it's not interference. Interference is this. Interference when the CIA and NSA, who spy in every country of the world, use the honey traps that they have, as they did in Austria, to defeat the Freedom Party candidate who was a vice president, and they solicited a honey trap, got him involved in, in talking sex with a, a prostitute, and then gave that tape to the opposition. That's direct interference. That's unsolicited, and the U.S. did it. They did the spying, and then they released the entrapment uh, videos to the other. That's interference. They did it in Colombia, uh, you know, to the uh, head of security. who then started to run for president, and they... Uh, uh, they used the uh, dirt that the CIA had on him to, uh, that's real direct interference, not finding out about true corruption and using that as it should be in, a, in, a, in an election. I mean, this is no arm twisting. There's no quid pro quo. It's all by innuendo that they said this has a political motive. Well, it could be, as President Trump says, it could be that I'm just concerned about corruption and this is part of the corruption. It happens to involve an American. So as the American president, it is my duty and it is his duty to see that there's no corruption in the aid that goes out to a foreign country. Right. It's one thing to ask for an investigation, help us out here and investigate. It's another thing right. to wantonly ask them to dig up dirt on the opposition. It's all how you present it. And when you look at Adam Schiff, he put words in President Trump's mouth that aren't there in the conversation. He said dozens of things that literally aren't in the conversation. It was all by innuendo. And it showed a complete disregard for the truth and a, and a, and a, a terrible political agenda. Now, the, it's unfortunate that uh, Tucker Carlson has come out and, uh, and uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, of Fox, both of Fox News, by the way, come out attacking Trump as terribly inappropriate, you know, and I don't think it is inappropriate. Trump doesn't think it's inappropriate. But look, Biden was the criminal here. And his son getting a $3 million, you know, payoff per year as a, in a board of directors, an energy company he knows nothing about and doesn't speak Ukrainian, that's a payoff. And it smacks of Hillary Clinton getting her half a million dollar or quarter million dollar speaking fees. Who pays that much, you know, to hear Hillary Clinton? And she didn't say anything new. It's the corporate, you know, payoff to the Clinton Foundation. And look at all the millions, hundreds of millions of dollars from Saudi Arabia and other countries given to the Clinton Foundation. Those are political payoffs. Well, isn't that really payoffs. what this is all about? Because what Trump has done has he's spoiling the party for everybody. Because I mean, yeah. if you arrested everybody that was taking um, money from foreign lobbyists, there'd be no one left in the Capitol building. Oh, that's right. I mean, it's, and that's what got Flynn into trouble, you know, taking foreign money from Turkey. And, and uh, boy, who would get into bed with Turkey? It's extremely unwise. Of course, you know, he was taken down in a, in a trap. Uh, you know, the FBI has no business asking him questions that they already have the answer to, just waiting for him to make the minutest little difference of opinion that he can you know, charge him with perjury. That's entrapment. 
Right. And, uh, so that's what happened. To so how is this, in your estimation, is, I mean, first of all, do we have a, a, an actual proper impeachment inquiry underway, or don't we? And no, how important no, we is no, that? And that's why Nancy Pelosi backtracked on calling it an impeachment inquiry, because you can't have an impeachment inquiry without uh, articles of impeachment by the House, and they haven't voted on that. And they don't want to vote on it, because there's a lot of them yet in still in you know uh, red districts that don't want to go up against uh, having said you would try to impeach Trump and get unelected in the next election cycle. But here's what I think is happening, and I think that the switching sides of Andrew Napolitano, who's been pretty good constitutionalist in his interpretation, you know, for many many years on Fox News, and suddenly. To, to make the same talking points that Adam shifted, to put words in Trump's mouth, to say repeated times he was guilty of crimes and impeachable conduct. And yet when you look through his list, there's not a crime in it. Not a crime. He claimed criminal conduct. Where's the criminal conduct? I went through his entire piece against Trump on this, and there wasn't one mention of anything criminal. And so this is really telling. Not to mention the fact that Mitt Romney has come out, you know, against him and Jeff Flake saying there's 35 senators who secretly would like to see Trump out that would vote for uh, impeachment if they wouldn't get caught. In other words, if it was in secret. In other words, if they had to come out publicly against Trump, they know that that would be suicide within the GOP right now. So here's what I think is happening. I think there is a conspiracy to take down Donald Trump that even rhino Republicans are involved in. And what they're going to probably do, and I would suspect if they want to run Mitt Romney in place of Trump and get Trump impeached and then run Mitt Romney, they're going to have to have Mitt Romney vote against impeachment and get four or five other or seven or ten other um, rhino Republican liberals like Susan Collins and Murkowski and those other you know, gang of, uh, of six to vote against Trump, and then Romney will vote for Trump so that he isn't tainted with it. That's how devious these people are. They will basically try to set the trap and pick who's going who's gonna to go down voting against Trump and risk not getting reelected and, uh, and who's going to do it. But uh, I, I am suspicious that there's a uh, conspiracy here to take down Trump that involves Republicans. Either way, whether they, they, they go through open and formal impeachment uh, proceedings and a House votes yes and the Senate uh, votes no or they do it surreptitiously, as you're suggesting, don't you think the American public can spot a soft coup when they see one? This could, this could, uh, this could erupt in, in the streets. 63 million voters being told your vote doesn't count. I mean, this could, this could end in, in massive bloodshed. No, I, I'm not buying the Civil War argument. And even though Trump tweeted about Civil War, he was basically repeating somebody else. But there really isn't any, any sentiment for Civil War in, in mainstream uh, conservatives. There is in the, uh, in the Second Amendment people. If, they, if, if Hillary Clinton gets in and starts to take away gun rights, yeah, then you're going to have some, uh, some real... Um, uh, you could have some violence, but I don't think uh, an impeachment of Trump uh, would do that. Um, I just don't think there's enough sentiment to go to violence uh, in the conservative. They're very reluctant to ever do that. It was very reluctant even during the Revolutionary War to join the revolutionary cause. It was tough to get them going, even when their their ox was being gored. And uh, 
So anyway, I'm not buying that scenario, but I'll tell you, there's going to be uh, a lot of angry people against any Republican who votes against Trump and votes if, if that's the way it plays out. If they do impeach him, um, there's going to be hell to pay because they're not going to get any support. from the, So I don't think, if they really want this to go, that someone who they intend to run for president is going to vote to impeach Trump, even if he wants it. Let's go back to, uh, to, to Hunter Biden and, J- and Joe Biden. We have reports of Hunter Biden flying on Air Force Two to China. And yes. uh, lo and behold, it sounds like there's another pay for play deal going down. Uh, w- where are we at in uh, that investigation? Will, will the attorney general be, be looking into that? Because Trump has asked for China's help, Australia's help, Italy's help in getting to the bottom of this corruption. Well, the trouble is that, uh, you know, Bill Barr is deep state. He was the fixer for George H.W. Bush. He covered up for Iran-Gate. He covered up for the Iran-Contra, all the drug importation the CIA was doing. He, uh, he buried the whistleblower, uh, uh, Terry Reid, who wrote the excellent book, Compromised, about all that drug importation by the CIA, of which he was part of and refused to do it. I mean, this is real good evidence. And Bill Barr was right in the middle of that. So Bill Barr is playing loyal to Trump, but I'll tell you, John Durham will not come up with anything any more than uh, uh, Mark, what's his name, the Utah prosecutor, spent two years in Washington, didn't come up with any, because he was going to defer to Horowitz, the IG, you know, of the DOJ. Well, it doesn't mean because you have to defer to anybody. You can be doing a simultaneous investigation. But this whole thing, you know, about uh, investigating the deep state, just not going to happen. I'm predicting that we're never going to see... Um, a, um, a legal procedure against Hillary Clinton or James Comey, um, or even um, uh, you know the uh, deputy FBI director who's perjured himself, McCabe. Just, yeah. yeah, McCabe. I just don't think you're going to see it because Bill Barr's deep state, and boy, I tell you, this immunity pact they've got in the deep state is really strong. They may put down a lower uh, scapegoat here and there, but not the big boys. Any truth to uh, something I read recently that if uh, Trump were to be impeached in the House uh, but would be exonerated in the Senate, that that would nullify his first term and he could actually run for a third term? Have you heard that? I have. I don't think there's any any basis legally for it at all. There's nothing in the Constitution? No. no. I mean, if, if the impeachment doesn't go, it doesn't nullify anything. You're still the president. And all your term... Um, you know, if he's impeached, um, are you saying if he's impeached that he can run again? Yes. That it so would nullify, nullify his first yeah. term. No, I'm not sure it would. Um, I'm sure he could run uh, again, and that may be a very real possibility to say this was unjust and run again. Um, but it would be a second term. Yeah, because he was duly elected for a first term and then impeached. Right. That's going to count as one term. I don't think there's any precedent. No one's ever done that here, but just my basis in constitutional law would indicate that uh, no, there's no indication in precedent anywhere that it would nullify the first term and not count. It just cut short. So is this and now... Certainly the, deep state, certainly the deep state courts would rule that way because they would go to the Supreme Court, and those courts are controlled, I'll tell you. So is this the way now, is this the playbook for bringing down uh, a, a president? We don't 
we don't shoot them in the head in public anymore. We just basically... Yeah, because you see, yeah. Yeah, Richard, that would make a martyr out of Donald Trump. That would enliven his support by triple. I mean, they just that's why they've been reluctant to use that. Look, what, that's what it did to Kennedy. They wanted to make a martyr out of him. They wanted to accelerate his socialist agenda. And that's what exactly what happened by killing him. Now, it wasn't the only reason they killed him. He was going to disband a lot of the secret stuff in the CIA, and that's the deep state. They didn't want that. Is this going to be the playbook going forward then? I mean, every president will be perceived as invalid? That any president? Going forward. So when the Democrats elect someone? Oh, no, 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 no. no. This is only for Trump. And here's the, the reason why I'm suggesting that as ridiculous this is, as hollow of these charges are against Donald Trump, the fact that it's going forward indicates there's a conspiracy to take down the president, and they're going to use it. And, uh, you know, that means it's going to be worse than just, you know, try for impeachment. Uh, I, I just don't think they're going to try. This would come down very bad for the Democrats if this fails. And Trump will use it and, and brag it all the way through the campaign. And by the way, it looks like Hillary's getting ready to launch a campaign and, and, and move in to uh, break the deadlock and all the Democratic wannabes. Do you think... I covered that in last week's World Affairs Brief, too. She's made her media appearance. She's written a book with her daughter called Gutsy Women. By implication, that's us. We're gutsy women. She'll take a moderate position in order to sabotage the campaign of all the radical socialists and basically, you know, can't get elected. Is, is, is that then perhaps uh, one of the, the, uh, the subplots in this impeachment is they knew that the, the, the centrists and, and or, or Hillary, let's say Hillary's camp, she knew that, that Biden would get dragged into this and he's the front runner. So by impeaching Trump, knowing they, they, that would take Biden down with him. It will take Biden down. Biden's already out, in my opinion. There's no way Biden can stand up to scrutiny for any Republican with that video of him admitting on camera to using his power to threaten another country. He cannot survive, so he's gone. More of my conversation with Joel Skousen when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. He's the real John Constantine. Christian D. Cadure of Paranormal Contractors, a division of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Hey, Christian, welcome once again. 
Hey, thank you for having me once again. You're still parked out in front of the Amityville Horror House on Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island. What's going on? Any activity? Uh, well, it uh, doesn't appear to any activity as we speak. I mean, it's uh, life as usual in the neighborhood here in, the, in Amityville, but it certainly is surreal to be parked outside and looking at this home. You know, this has been, you know, it's been a dream of mine. Uh, this has definitely been on my bucket list of things to do and uh, different uh, s- historical paranormal sites to visit. Nothing peculiar seems to <laughs> Uh, appears uh, from the outside, from street level. Mind you, I don't have a lot of equipment with me on this particular trip, but my next trip, I will certainly have uh, a full arsenal of, uh, of my equipment. Do you think it would be possible if, let's say, there's still paranormal activity going on in the house, and I don't know, since it's changed owners many times, uh, since mm-hmm. those the, the horrific slayings back in the mid-70s, which gave rise to the Amityville Horror book and the movie and the investigation and so forth. But if you're just parked outside in your vehicle like you are now, would mm-hmm. you be able to capture EVPs from that distance? That's a great question. You know, I, I, I pride myself, Richard, as you know, and I know you can attest to it on a lot of research and development with uh, the remediation aspects for uh, the paranormal industry. Now, when it comes to uh, the investigation, I certainly um, always trying new and different things. I guess if someone listens to this episode, maybe well, the audio recording of the microphone here might be able to pick something up. But uh, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely possible. Put to the test. Now, if you're on an investigation and you're you're hoping to capture some EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, uh, which supposedly are the uh, the voices of uh, departed souls and uh, or sorry, departed spirits and uh, or even demonic activity captured on an audio recording. What are some of the tips? How do you capture a good EVP? All right. So there's also there's always different grades of EVPs, as you know different qualities, A, B, C, et cetera, et cetera. But the big thing here is to, is to circumvent false positives and prevent any type of tomfoolery. And, and that's what it's all about because your credibility will be destroyed if somebody uh, figures you out. And in fact, uh, if anybody, anybody wants to send me for free of charge, I will certainly decrypt an EVP that they may be suspicious of in order to establish if it is the real thing or not. And I do that by using a technology called reverse speech. I have decrypted many, many EVPs and I've been able to uh, debunk if it's uh, some tomfoolery going on, a whole bunch of people that are using a specific EVP to gain notoriety or if it's the real deal. But the best tips I can give to anyone that I personally have experienced on EVP is certainly have a camera on you while recording your EVP and whoever you're with. State the names of the individuals that you're with and be truthful, have them on camera when the EVP is picked up because that will certainly add to your credibility or the credibility of the investigators because it's very, very easy for somebody in the background to say something under their breath and pick and have that picked up and then everyone's going to go running around screaming look what i found look what i found an evp an evp and then you know it could just be 
somebody in the group of the investigators that are in fact just whispered something and it was picked up on the microphone. So try to have everybody in camera view and try to be in an area where there's not a lot of background noise, not a lot of white background noise in order to capture a good quality EVP. Christian, if someone has unwanted paranormal activity in their home or business, how do they get a hold of paranormal contractors? Well, you can reach me directly at uh, 416-994-0777 or toll free at 866-724-0800 or feel free to email me at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. All right, we'll talk to you next week when you get back from Amityville, Long Island, New York. Uh, Christian, thanks so much. My pleasure, Richard. Thank you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited. With Richard Serrett. Joel Skousen, the editor-publisher of World Affairs Brief, is here. Why don't we switch gears here and talk about the decision to, Trump announced the decision uh, to pull troops, U.S. troops, out of northern Syria. The Kurds there see this as a, a betrayal. Trump apparently has made assurances that if Turkey tries to move against them, you know, there'll be repercussions. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Well, Donald Trump is only threatening economic repercussions, but, you know, he did this after talking on the telephone with Erdogan, the president of Turkey. I don't trust Erdogan as far as I could throw him. He's playing, he's got one foot in the NATO camp and one foot in the Russian camp. And uh, I think clearly he's turned the corner and going with the Russian side and staying in NATO so that he acts as a conduit basically for technology and information to the Russian side. But I think he's turned the corner. He used to be part of the deep state um, pipeline to support uh, terrorism in Syria. Uh, Most of the terrorists that were fed into Syria came through Turkey, um, as well as the supplies and the arms. Uh, Turkey marketed all the oil for ISIS. They've got a grudge match against the Kurds. The Kurds want an independent nation, and there's a, a big contingent in Turkey itself which threatens um, Erdogan's hegemony overall of Turkey. And so Turkey's already got uh, a mass uh, movement of armor and, uh, and troops to the border, and I think, uh, unfortunately, there's, uh, there's going to be a war there against the Kurds. Now, the Kurds are strong fighters, uh, but Turks... Uh, have an overwhelming number of manpower and armored weapons to go against the Kurds. And, uh, you know, the, the most disturbing thing was that there was a story out yesterday about there being a, uh, we're not going to, uh, U.S. Uh, telegraphing to Turkey that we're not going to intervene if you attack the Kurds, just like what happened uh, with April Glaspie, uh, the ambassador telling the Kuwaiti or the Iraqis that, no, the U.S. won't interfere if you take on Kuwait. It was a green light. Now the U.S. is backpedaling and saying there was no green light given to Turkey, but I think there was. And we'll have to see how this plays out, but uh, uh, this is going to look very, very bad for the United States. We're only talking about 50 armed personnel, but they have to be removed because Turkey doesn't want to end up killing Americans lest they incense the American public. Uh, So that's why the 50 have left. But 
I, I don't know the backstory yet whether or not Trump was advised. Uh, Trump is defending it. Um, uh, it, it seems like um, you know there could be some conspiratorial issues there if Trump was advised to take those out. But he also is trying, as he's uh, defended, to uh, to denigrate these constant foreign interventions in another country and wanting to pull troops out. So he's being condemned by the globalists. Uh, Lindsey Graham is condemning him. Um, other uh, Dick Cheney's condemning him. Uh, those are globalists, and so um, it's hard to say, you know, what's what's really going on in there. I think Trump, if this leads to uh, Turkey uh, attack on the Kurds, it's going to be a mistake by Trump. All right, you wanted to talk also about uh, Iran, and you say that Iran is being unfairly portrayed as the number one state sponsor of terrorism. Yeah, this is the real big lie by the uh, pot calling the kettle black. Uh, I mean, the deep state is the biggest sponsor of terror in the world. They run al-Qaeda. They ran ISIS. They ran all of the so-called Syrian rebels. Most of those uh, actually were imported fighters from Tunisia and Egypt and Libya, and that's the reason why they had those color revolutions in those three countries in order to create a huge engine of discontented Muslims that they could import as terrorists into Syria. And all that was run by the deep state, who provides and trains the leaders of ISIS, the only ones who really know the U.S. is backing the terrorists themselves don't know that. But the U.S. has uh, has, uh, rescued ISIS leaders and most of the fighters in every single battle where they have been defeated, whether it was Mosul or the last battle of Raqqa, the U.S. paid for 50 semi-trucks to go in and rescue ISIS and their families and their fighters and their heavy weapons, which wasn't supposed to be part of the deal. And these are now in prison camps where the Kurds are guarding them. Um, And uh, uh, heavy weapons went back into the Syrian, you know, that's where ISIS came from. The U.S. and Israel took about 50% of the Syrian rebels and said, you're now called ISIS and uh, gave them a priority on uh, weapons and, and ammunition, etc. But um, the disarmed uh, ISIS fighters are in the custody of the Kurds, and they're going to be undefended. Uh, or, you know, if uh, if Turkey uh, uh, attacks the Kurds, they're not going to sit there and defend those prison camps when they're fighting for their lives. So that may be one of the underlying currents of why uh, they're going to let uh, you know get these uh, ISIS people free to fight again, and uh, because these are. I mean, the U.S. is uh, is the creator of ISIS and the armor of ISIS, so it wouldn't surprise me if they want those ISIS fighters freed again, and this is the way to do it, to get Turkey to attack the Kurds. So what are your, your feelings on, then, the uh, nuclear deal? Was it a bad deal? Do we, do we trust a nuclear Iran? What are your thoughts? Well, first of all... Um, you know, it's kind of a long story, and we've talked about it uh, before on your show years ago, but uh, basically Israel, long ago, tasked by the globalists to start a war with Iran. The globalists want Iran taken down because it's the only Muslim country that is uh, trying to be self-sufficient in all kinds of weapons production, from aircraft to drones to artillery to missiles to rockets, etc. And Israel said, we're not going to attack Iran or start the war until you take care of Syria. And then, you know, they got all botched uh, with the uh, uh, chemical weapons agreement which Syria agreed to, and the U.S. couldn't take it down, and then the Russians intervened, the U.S. couldn't take Syria down. And so in order to backtrack from their armed position of three aircraft carriers off the coast of Iraq, Iran constantly threatening it, 
the U.S. approached Iran with the nuclear. It wasn't the other way around. The U.S. approached Iran and said, let's make a deal on nuclear weapons. And in the three iterations of the agreement, of which the U.S. falsified, by the way, what they said Iran agreed to and upped the ante in each agreement, in the last iteration of the agreement, the U.S. threw in this clause that you cannot develop any missiles, nuclear-capable missiles. That was going to be the trap. You see, they wanted something to be able to stand down while they took care of Syria. Uh, the U.S. had to have an excuse to stand down their threat against Iran, and so they did this nuclear deal. And But they had a trap set in it on banning the development of missiles that were nuclear capable. Well, that trap didn't work because Iran successfully got the international community to agree that their missiles were not nuclear capable. And so no longer did the Iran nuclear agreement serve the purpose of the globus of being able to get back at Iran through a violation of that agreement. And that's why they talked Trump into getting out of it and increased sanctions. They wanted to provoke Iran through sanctions and provoke Iran through over 200 attacks um, uh, in a six-month period from Israel on Iranian forces in Syria helping to defend Syria, trying to provoke Iran to retaliate against uh, Israel. They didn't take the bait. And so that's when they did this, uh, uh, sent uh, a, uh, a drone, which was shot down, uh, but it was shadowing a P-8 Orion, not Orion, but uh, P-8 Poseidon uh, surveillance aircraft that was over Iranian territory as bait, wanting to get the Iranians to kill some Americans. And they had the drone there in order to photograph it so that they could go and propagandize the American people that Iran had killed Americans, but Iran was smart enough to kill the drone and let the Poseidon aircraft go, of which Trump thought was he was really appreciative of. And then there's the whole tanker thing, you know, claiming that Iran blew up some tankers with mines, but the you know the tanker crew said no, it was missiles from the air. So it was clearly Israel or somebody else trying to blow up the tankers and blame Iran. This is the way that it's going, and. Uh, they haven't been able to provoke Iran yet uh, to do that. The whole issue of the uh, refineries, you know, <laughs> if it was Iran, they would have had to overfly all of the Seventh Fleet Aegis destroyers and cruisers and get past that, as well as all of the anti-missile systems that they've got specifically around those oil refineries. And not a missile was shot. And no radar tapes were, were provided proving that these drones uh, came from Iran. And they didn't come from Iran. I think there was a Houthi, as the Houthis took credit, there was a Houthi attack on that, and the Israelis piggybacked on that with precision depleted uranium missiles because these 14 gas containment tanks, huge tanks, were hit in exactly the same spot and none of them exploded. That means it was not an explosive warhead that hit those tanks. And we've now got the video, and clearly... As a former military pilot, I can tell you, those were not explosive warheads hitting those tanks. There was a slight fire after those things, but that's what happens with depleted uranium. And Houthis don't have depleted uranium. So how much of this, how much of this yeah. is going on, baiting Iran, with, with Trump's knowledge or without his knowledge? Well, he hasn't got a clue about what his deep state is doing. He believes all of this propaganda. They tell him about Iran is responsible for this. He said it. And, you know, he believed the propaganda about Assad using chemical weapons on his own people, which was stupid. He never did that. That's what the U.S.-backed rebels doing it, blaming it. So he believes, at least initially, what the intelligence community says. 
because then he says, you know, Iran did some very bad things. They better watch out or I'm going to get after him. But then he has these second thoughts because he doesn't want to go rampaging through the world. He keeps reverting. So the globalists are tied up in knots because they can't get Trump to follow through. And the same thing with these pulling these advisors out of the, the Kurds. He just They wouldn't let him do it out of Afghanistan. You know, they, they pulled this terrorist attack by the Taliban to sabotage the talks that the U.S. were going to conclude with the Taliban. Well, the Taliban isn't a universal hierarchical organization that controls all the factions. I think the deep state infiltrated one of the factions, had them pull the attack in order to sabotage the talks with the Taliban so that they couldn't pull any U.S. troops out. I think that's what happened. In, uh, so. Well, who does Trump, he keeps bringing in people different, you know, it's a revolving door and he ends up throwing them out because they're all of the same stripe. Who does? Who could he rely on to give him this kind of advice aside from Joel Skousen? I mean, who, who, who would you nominate as national security advisor? Who should he surround himself with? Well, there's nobody in Washington that um, knows how the deep state operating, and if they do, they can't talk or they'll be destroyed and kicked out of Washington. And the trouble with Trump is that he had, he's never been a real conservative. He's got nobody, he knows nobody in the conservative movement, doesn't know who's who. And so he comes in and he has to fulfill 4,000 slots, you know, in the West Wing and Wilds, and he has to rely on the establishment to tell him who's who. That's why it's so full of spies. I mean, um, I could advise Trump, but I'll tell you, there would be uh, hell to pay because every one of those advisors would be putting out, you know, in the news, Trump's hires conspiracists, you know, to advise him, and they'd have me booted out within a within a week. Um, I mean, this is ruthless. What's uh, the, the deep state is capable with their ties to the media, their control of the media, and their control over the the judges as well. All right, tell us one more time. How can people subscribe to World Affairs Brief? My website is worldaffairsbrief.com, and people can get a free sample issue with information on how to subscribe simply by emailing me at editor at worldaffairsbrief.com. Joel, always a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with some details on Monday's episode. If you haven't visited my Strange Planet shop, what's the holdup? Just have a peek at some of these amazing, unique designs created exclusively for Strange Planet by Atomic Werewolf Studios in Arizona. A new batch of great t-shirts just arrived, including one for the uh, politically incorrect crowd, shall we say, and I'm one. It's called the Toxic Male t-shirt. And those of you concerned about protecting America's electrical grid from an EMP attack, well, there's one there for you too. Just go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Strange Planet Shop button at the bottom of the page. Check it out, have fun, get your Christmas shopping done early, and help support my work. The Strange Planet Shop at strangeplanet.ca Coming up next time, part one of a two-part conversation with TV pioneer John Barber. He'll discuss Jim Garrison, the New Orleans district attorney who charged Clay Shaw with conspiracy to kill President John F. Kennedy. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new con-
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 